Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the class-leading Mitsubishi Mirage. Get your top-spec Mirage 3 for just £99 a month. Find out more at mitsubishi-cars.co.uk. So, Kev, uh, we'll start with another letter. Oh, Yeah, lots of these coming in at the moment. It's exciting. Uh, it's another letter. It says, Dear Ian and Flyby Ken. Oh, Flyby Ken, that's a new one. Are you two lefty bumholes now feeling suitably ashamed of your constant dissing and sniping at Nigel Farage? This man is making you look like a pair of titans. What's your problem with him, eh? Eh? Well, nothing, really. No. Other no. than the fact that he's a bit of a large... And an outwardly thinking and a and a and a with a propensity to oh and enjoys on the weekends and he's a bit of a other than that other than that all hail Nigel Ian Collins wants a word. Put that in the file. Yeah, it's in the file already. Good work. Uh, so what do we got? So, what do you call you? Side boy... Sideswipe side Kent or side something? Sideswipe Kent. Is that it? Yeah, something like that. What have we got? How is your Caribbean shack, by the way? It's all right. It's, it's not a, bad, yeah. yeah. Now that winter coming. <laughs> what's, what's winter like in your Caribbean shack? Very nice. Is it? Yeah, it's not yeah. bad at all. Have you got any... Um... No. Are you sure? Had some at the beginning of the week. Did they you? All, they all went. Oh. Yeah. They do that. They never last as long as you think they're going to. Never. Never. In fact, I'm going to write to Watchdog about it. You should do. Dear Anne. Is Anne still doing it? Uh, she is still doing it, yeah. Whatever she, happened she, to Lynn's Fold... Lynn... Lynn... Lynn Folds... Foldy Wood. Yeah. Wood. Best question ever on shooting stars. True or false? Lynn Folds Wood. <laughs> Be hard to beat that one. Uh, what happened to, I don't know. I know what happened to her old man. He's still about, isn't he? No, he's working on that, uh, that other place that I work at. QVC? Yeah. Is he? Flogging freezers. Yeah, and he shifted six units the other week. He's f***ing <laughs> shit. <laughs> I did seven. It's a bit of a surprise, really, because you would imagine he would just sort of, you know, he'd anger you into it, wouldn't he? Just by, you he'd make so. you feel so guilty about yeah, it all. you'd think so. He's still haunted by the time that Chris Morris turned up on The Time, The Place. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Time, The Place. Yeah. There was a time and place for that. It's oh, not yes. now. No, definitely not now. Who was it who did it originally? Uh, a guy with the grey hair. Yeah, not Kilroy, the other one. Keys, Robert Keys. R- Key, Rich, uh, Richard. Ke- no, 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 Richard. Ri- Ke- <laughs> no, Richard no. Keys is the. Uh, yes. Yeah. Can we say that? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Robert Keys. Was it Robert? Robert Keys. Keys yes, or Robert Key, maybe. Grey head looked a bit like Kilroy. Yeah. Because you had Kilroy doing grey on BBC One and him doing grey on ITV. That was it. I'm not going to say it was a must-watch program. It was a bit annoying, really, in its way, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was followed by uh, Vanessa was on then. But, of course, everybody forgets that pre-Vanessa, and I'm not going to mention Trisha because that was post-Vanessa, but pre-Vanessa was something called the Crystal Rose Show. Now, I I pride myself on my... Uh, the wealth of TV crap that's in my brain, but yep. that one that one eludes me, Mr. I'm C. telling you, that was the first time we ever saw a kind of um, Oprah Donahue-esque kind of show, I think. Crystal Rose Show. Andre, if you can find the jingle, you're a genius.
Oh, well done. <laughs> the Crystal Rose Show. Uh, short-lived, not very memorable, and a bit ropey. But pre-Vanessa, pre-Trisha, pre-Kyle, pre-the darn lot. Yeah, it's all Kyle now, isn't it? Everything's about the Kyle. Just one in America now as well, doesn't he? It does he really? There's an American version of Kyle. Did you like him on the radio? Old Jezza? Jezza's uh, Confessions? Yeah, well, he t- when I left that place in the South, oh, he, yeah. um, he took over that slot. Mixed bag of success, radio-wise, it has to be said. But, yeah, you know, true enough. He, he won't care anymore that he's a multi-millionaire. He don't give a shit. With fans round the block. Correcto. It's questions and feedback via social media... And uh, owls, uh, like this one from Major Briggs, who says, so Twin Peaks is coming back in 2016. What? Are either of you morons a fan? I couldn't fathom it. I was, I loved it. I'm watching it again now, actually. Bizarrely, yes. I've never, never seen it. You've never seen it? I've never seen Twin Peaks. Is it something uh, slightly supernatural? Uh, uh, yeah. Is it like, is there a time shift thing going on in it? Well, are you familiar with David Lynch movies generally? A little bit. A little bit. Well, imagine the weirdness of that in a TV show... And some bits that don't make no sense. And uh, you've, you've pretty much got it, I would suggest. I love it, but I, I, there was a lot of it where you, you get the impression that they, they... Like, you know Lost would do weird things just to try and be weird. And were, yes, they did. Right, and it's sort of like, if we do this, people will think it's weird, and we won't really explain it. They got that from Twin Peaks. Cause Twin Peaks Well, Twin Peaks explained a lot of stuff. And the central mysteries were explained, kind of, in a sort of supernatural way. But there was other stuff that they threw in there. And it's like, oh, this is really strange, isn't it? And you think, yes, why is that really strange? Well, we're never going to tell you. But maybe in uh, 2016, when it comes back 25 years later, they'll tell us about it. So so it had the same kind of frustrating we won't tell you thing as Lost had? Uh, Not to the same extent, but there was a point when the first series was very... uh, I think it was only about nine episodes, the first series. And it was... um, You didn't find out who killed Laura Palmer. Unless you listen to Simon Bates on Radio 1. I think I've told that story where he gave it away. Yeah, Batesy here. Yeah, Laura Palmer was killed by Harold Shipman. (laughs) Pre-internet, that arsehole uh, actually gave away the ending to Twin Peaks. Can you imagine someone doing that now? Unreal. (laughs) Anyway, so they and then they sort of tried to string it out for another 20-odd episodes, and they sort of just threw in weird stuff as a little bit of padding. It's still brilliant, but it's it's obvious they were making some stuff up as they went along. That's what happened with Lost, though, wasn't it? They they didn't realise it was going to go for more than one season, so they just kind of kept writing it sort of as they went. And essentially, I just imagine a bunch of people... Smoking suspicious cigarettes in a bar somewhere, saying, <laughs> yeah. so we just have some kind of rumbling noise going on, guys. Just, like, never explain it. Well, I, I mean, I gave up on Lost about halfway through season two, I think. Yes, I think everybody did. I think halfway through season two was the time to give up on Lost. And uh, I, I stand by that decision. Elsewhere in TV, TV land, yes. I sound like a local radio disc jockey. Always did. Uh, Jiffy Slagleg says, okay. Could Sideshow Kev really tell me that Peter Capaldi is a better doctor than Tom Baker? I refuse to believe any such bollocks. Is he? The jury's still out, surely. I mean, he's brilliant, but Tom did it for seven years. You can't start saying that one guy after 12 episodes is the definitive example of the genre. But you must have an idea whether you think he's better. No, you can't. Because I thought he was a bit Christopher Biggins. (laughs) I I had him down. Wow. You could have put Biggins in there and he would have sort of done the same kind of pantomime-y... Slightly exaggerated, um, not particularly believable kind of... You know, you have said some scandalous things in your career. There's no doubt about it. 
but comparing Capaldi to Biggins, I'm sorry, but that's just too f***ing far, my, All right, my friend. I'm going to apologise. I will apologise. I will apologise. If you are listening, Christopher, I'm sorry. <laughs> no offence meant. Have you met Biggins? Once. Really? Was he all right? Yeah, he was very pleasant, actually. Really nice fellow. I can imagine he would be. Yeah. In- incapable of being anything other than rather nice. Was he wearing interesting trousers? I think he had green ones on. Green ones? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cap- Capaldi give it a couple of years, he might be. Who knows? We will see. Uh, uh, from uh, Timbuktu Tim. Timbuktu Tim, who I'm assuming is a Tim in Timbuktu, says, Any chance of getting Kim Kardashian's arse on as a guest? <laughs> that's, a, that's not really her arse, is it? It can't be. It's ludicrous. That I mean, must be, firstly, uh, where the, uh, the whole thing of you know, bigger is better, in, in that respect, I, I have no... I, I, you know, it's a bit of a struggle to hero worship the shitter. Let's be honest about this. Mm. It's not a pleasant thing in that respect. And the idea that big is always better, I, I mean, that's not to say small is better, but I, I just don't get the whole kind of genre, vogue, vibe thing of, wow. And I, there wasn't there a woman on TV, or I think you can YouTube it, who had her butt cheeks inflated to the size of Labradors. You do, <laughs> uh, you do get some people who think I'm going to spend like hundreds of thousands to look like my idol, yeah. like Kim Kardashian. And I know there is a woman who is, who is everything that Kim does, uh, she does so she can look more like Kim, who is her hero. And this is a woman who, and let's be clear on this. Because there are people online now saying, oh, well, isn't it terrible that she's, you know, she's got her bits out yeah. uh, and she's a mother. She's done worse than this. This is what got her famous. She was in a tape where she was shagging some gentleman and everything was on display and she was doing everything with everything. And quite frankly, that is what well, her, her kids later on in life might be embarrassed by. This is very true. There is, of course, a, a, just to equal this one up, there is a thing about guys having their testicles made bigger because there was a Channel 4 show on this, My Amazingly Large <laughs> Balls or something. And this fella had had the whole silicon thing done, uh, a procedure that mostly renders you impotent. You can, don't yeah, say. you can hardly walk, um, <laughs> but there is some kind of psychological proclivity to wanting to expand your gonads. And this fella looked as if he had Shirley Crabtree and Pavarotti living in his pants. <laughs> you have never seen anything like it. When somebody says to you, have you seen the, the, the program about the, the guy with the large balls? You kind of have an image of your, your brain tells you they're going to look like footballs. Yeah. But these were like ten times the size of football. Which is ludicrous, and uh, that's something else. How do you get away with that in the street, where it's sort of like, Mummy, why is that man walking along with a space hopper between his legs? No, two space hoppers between <laughs> his legs. He essentially walked with a wheelbarrow in front of him. Oh, man. Carrying, ferrying his own testes from town to town. But there's another operation as well that um, uh, fans of, of piercings get into. And I'm oh. going to talk about this delicately in case people are enjoying any uh, any sausages for lunch. <laughs> in that it's um <laughs> you, you you know you're uh, you're your old fella, your yeah. your chap, your yes. appendage. One's Wendell. Yes. Uh they have it um uh, split in two. Oh stop it. No, honestly. Um and you have it like you have it cut and it's like sealed so uh. you can you can like pee out of of two uh, exits. And it's apparently a, you know, it's it's a it's a functioning device, but it's just really? it's just split like a you know bit of bit of banana. Do you think that's what our mate Two Dicks Dave had done? <laughs> I think that's almost certainly what. I'm Dave wondering had done. that's what that was all about now. 
Brian Ferry's auntie asks, does anyone still buy the Radio Times? We get this question every year about this time, I'm sure. I think we do. Does anyone still buy the Radio Times and go through all the programmes that are going to be on over Christmas? No. I don't think you need to. Yeah, but wouldn't it be nice to, with a highlighter pen, just to go through, I'm going to record that and that and that. Oh, look what's on. The Wizard of Oz is back. E.T. is on Christmas Day. Yeah. Noel's going round the hospitals. With his painted-on beard. Yes. I'll tell you what um, what I'm going to do for you, then, if you like that idea. For Christmas, because we always exchange Christmas presents, usually on the Christmas special, Yep. Um, I'm going to get you a copy, spoiler alert, a copy of the Radio Times. Uh, so you've told me what you're going to buy me. Yeah, I'll get you a copy of the Radio Times, but I'm going to go through it with a highlighter and highlight all the things I think you should watch. Okay, yeah, I will, I will, enjoy, <laughs> I will enjoy that. I've just thought, why doesn't Noel combine his new deal or no deal program with going around to children's wards and open up the boxes <laughs> oh sorry timmy fuck <laughs> all that's what you've got for christmas nothing in that one i'm afraid let's ask to have a word with the banker now nah, <laughs> all again sorry i hope he's not listening why are they not combining these ideas from tanya's husband dan <laughs> uh, dan writes with reference to ian's dad giving him a blob of mercury to take to school hey this is one of those dangerous things your parents gave you that you took to school things andre give me some dangerous parent uh, yes music because uh, you your dad for those yeah. of you who haven't caught up yet with the vast amount of podcasts we're producing on a it's almost it's like one a day at the moment isn't there it's, it's incredible yeah you your dad gave you a blob of mercury a blob of mercury that he got from somewhere at work and bought it home in a put it in a tupperware box and i took it to school and the teacher passed it around to all the kids yeah, uh, last week somebody had a samurai sword, because yep. it was antique restorer. Uh, Dan says, with reference to all of that, I had a science teacher who used to show us how to use the chemicals in the school science lab to make sweets. Nice. They didn't taste of much. <laughs> I'm sure that's not, that can't be legal, can what it? What sweets was he making? I, uh, horrible, nasty, chemical-y ones, I would imagine. So is this a new feature we've uh, we've stumbled on? It's times of change, dangerous stuff that you had at school, probably. Or dangerous things you're parents gave you to play with. Which would explain our friend Iron Face Phil, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's what that's all about. Uh, Nicki Minaj, right? <laughs> what do you think of the new Band-Aid song? I'm not on it, so I don't really give a rat's arse. Well, you can't... How can you criticise anything? How can you criticise anything that's for a charity? You can't say, that's wrong. I wonder whether Sir Bob is over-egging the fact that Ebola could turn up in Watford next week and cause a mass epidemic. Because every time he says that, they always have to drag some kind of uh, scientist or doctor on the telly to go, actually, this is probably not going to happen in some areas where uh, there is the ability to deal with it. It's areas where there is no ability or facility. So all of that is great. Somebody put on Twitter the other day, yeah, but we we have 5,000 people who have uh, sadly lost their lives through this, but 31,000 people in this country die from the cold every year. Yeah. Or you could look at, uh, there was a piece in one of the newspapers this week about how the charities that follow and raise money for malaria are now suffering, even though malaria kills 30 times more people it than does. Ebola does. Yeah, so it does. you've got all of those kind of ramifications. That said, you know, you can't really knock a charity song, even if One Direction are on it. Yeah, and you wouldn't want Ebola, really, would you? Ideally. I'd rather do without it. You know, you wouldn't put it on your Christmas list. Not really. But then bird flu's back as well. I don't know if you saw this, bird flu is, is making a triumphant comeback. It's not letting this namby-pamby com- Ebola, yeah. you know, yeah. take any of its glory, because it, bird flu and, and pig swine flu was going to yeah. 
wipe us all out as well. Which explains our friend Pigeon Face Pete, doesn't it? <laughs> What's he been dabbling with? Uh, from Philly McPhee, the fabulous quit of Falkirk. <laughs> My girlfriend Gemma thinks that Will Gnu is a bit of all right. Do I need to send her to a counsellor, or should I encourage her to stalk him, based on the fact I could get lots of free tech and gadgets? Yeah, stalk him. He's on the programme next week. He is. He was going to be on this week, but we decided that... Um, Flying him to the Caribbean was too expensive. And I certainly didn't want him sitting in a studio with me. No, we gave him an L200, so somewhere at the moment he's driving around the country. He's a lucky man. Doing his own road trip. Yes, but if you, if you date Will Gnu, then uh, there is every chance that he might give you some of his, uh, his gadgets. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not yeah. a euphemism. No, no. And finally, Esther, from the unlikely named Aaron Smithsonian. Mr Smithsonian writes, ever been caught short at an awkward moment? Um... I don't think so. I'm assuming he's talking in the toilet respect. Yes, I did once. um, I think I was meeting possibly you and Mikey Boy Hanson for a beer in the sadly departed, in fact, demolished bathhouse. Ah, the bath, yeah. Pub we used to drink in quite a lot, of course. Supped a few ales and had some libations in there. One nearest the radio station. That's the one. And I remember being on the tube train coming in, and for some reason I was absolutely beside myself for a slasher Rooney. I uh, just needed a pee, and I thought, this isn't going to, I'm not going to be able to hold this. I will not be able to hold this. What do I do? You can't pee out of a tube window. No. You, take, you take your ruddy dick off, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, so or, that, or if you wanted to get it split in two, that's a perfect way. Maybe that's how the whole thing started. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, the, the upshot of all of this uh, pee-based caper was that I got off the train and proceeded to walk down Oxford Street in a manner that can only be described as, I looked as if my cock was attached to some elastic. <laughs> it was kind of like the comedy walk of all comedy walks. And people must have thought, oh, what's up with him? Bob Geldof would have been releasing a song about me had he seen me <laughs> walking down the street like that. All I was desperate for was a pee. And I got there eventually. It was a lovely pee. I, it's always refreshing. Yes. Um, I haven't, but I, I could tell the story of a notable former radio station boss who um, was a little bit ill from his bottom whilst <laughs> whilst on a date, and this is the best oh, bit, yes. whilst wearing white denim jeans. That's the one. Yeah. Filthy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions you want to throw our way, kev at onceaword.com, ian at onceaword.com. Very exciting programme, this, because we also, in addition to that, we have this. <laughs> Dan, here we go. They may well be microscopic. Yes, I know you've heard it all before, but for new listeners, I'm saying it again. But they are, of course, significant to you. Those small moments in life that hurt your cranial department, those tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a zone of sheer frustration. There are those who will tell you they don't matter. Get over it, they cry. The fools. These people know nothing. Minor as they may be. These are things that effortlessly screw up your entire day. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. Kev, have you got one to start us off? I have two. Uh, firstly, leaves. 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 Yeah, pesky uh, Leaves in autumn. These bastards just get everywhere. I mean, it's all very well, the tree going through its natural sort of cycle, if you like, of grows leaves, green leaves, leaves turn brown, fall off tree... I don't need them to fall off the tree into my bloody living room, though. No. Or my lawn, and I don't want to rake them up. 
Leaf blowers are even worse because all they do is blow the leaves. You want something to suck up the leaves. Yeah. Uh, and they're just a bane. If you live anywhere that's got even one tree outside it, these little bastards will just get everywhere. Yeah, that's very true. And also, I made the fatal mistake of buying an El Cheapo leaf sucker out of the DIY shop, right. which was about £19.76. Up I went to the shop, bought the thing, took it back, thought, this thing wouldn't suck up fag ash. <laughs> it was useless. It was hopeless. So you need one. You've really got to go and nick one from the council depot. <laughs> you encouraging council crime? Well, no, clearly not. Obviously, ask to borrow theirs. Uh, and the other one is, um, depending on how you want to say it, IOS or IOS, depending on who you are and what stick you've got up your arse. Yes. Um, iOS 8 autocorrect. If you've got an iPhone and it's been updated to this new autocorrect thing, which just you spell a word perfectly correctly and it just changes it to something completely randomly. Yes, I've had some of that. Almost the second before you press send. You don't, no, you know, just it's it's fine and you press send and you know the words uh, money has been turned to fuck which and that's a text to your mum and you don't yeah, really need. Yeah, you don't really. Well, I got one off you the other day that said Colin should be wag wag oops. Which, um, <laughs> No, that was fine. Oh, that was meant to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, that was, was meant oh, to be. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah. gotcha, no problem at all. Uh, here's one. Uh, well, firstly, I just want to throw this one in there as a kind of an ongoing ball ache, really, and that's the amount of time you have to wait. There's two irrational areas of waiting. One is in uh, newfangled 21st century coffee shops. So you go to a Costa or a Starbucks, and all you want is a standard coffee. But if there are three people in front of you, as we've discussed before, that might be a 10-minute wait. That could be 10 minutes to make all of those coffees. Because, of course, they don't just pour a cup of coffee. They make a cup of coffee. Each cup of coffee takes three minutes to make. They've got to froth it, square it, pour it, do whatever else they do it. And some of those asses that we mentioned in the summer who like ice and cream <sighs> and all that malarkey. So that takes long enough. But the, the one thing that does trump that in terms of waiting is getting your hair cut. If you've got to get your hair cut and it turns out there's five people in front of you, that's probably about a two-hour wait. Yes, Yes, it could be, yeah. At what point is that all right? I mean, Supercuts gets very busy, doesn't it, round your way? Happy Scissors is through the roof ha- at this time of year. Happy Scissors. I'm telling you. Wow. There it is. There's our new chain. Not Star Snip Enterprise? No. No? And the other irrational annoyance, Leslie Grantham. Okay. This waggling <laughs> thespian is still managing to gain employment as an actor, despite, one, he went to jail for murder. Yep. Two... He webcammed his ageing, and one assumes unsightly, willy. Three, he's shit. <laughs> he's got a gig in some pantomime in the southeast somewhere. Is Benny from Crossroads his co-star? Oh, we've got to find that out, haven't we? We'll get him on the podcast. Tony C says, um, Frequent flyers that still don't understand that aerosols and laptops need to be out of your bag at the security department. Fair point, isn't it? It's an entirely fair point, and you can never prepare enough for getting the stuff out especially if you're travelling with kids who've got all manner of electronic tackle. Yep, true. Uh, And, yeah, no, I mean, you can never prepare enough, but the people who don't prepare at all are just... Indeed. Louise says, perfume commercials. Make my blood boil! Uh, Perfume commercials, of course, are like mini-movies, aren't they? They spend an awful lot of money on them. There's one fairly rich... Kira Knightley advertises... A hu- I can't remember what it is. It doesn't really matter, but it's a hugely well-known global brand. Yeah. And they had her in a big kind of leather catsuit. 
It was meant to be slightly sensual and a bit titillating, his Kira in leather, on a motorbike. But unfortunately, it's one of those motorbikes where you have to kind of ride, almost laid down on the petrol tank with your arse in the air. <laughs> and it essentially just looked as if she was in for a proctology procedure. <laughs> right. There was nothing particularly sexual about what was going on there. Uh, whether it still runs or not, I don't know, but I understand. I, I share Louise's frustration for an almost movie-like standard to flog a bit of smelly stuff does seem uh, incredibly extreme. Thomas says, People that can see me playing darts in the pub but still decide to walk right in front of me in my line of sight instead of going round me. Now, this is fair, and having uh, played a few games of darts with yourself... Love your arrows, Kev, don't you? Yeah, when I, if, if it's available, I don't mind a go, although I think you were with me when I managed to get a dart in the ceiling. That was quite special. Yeah, it was very funny, isn't it? But people do walk past, so I just, I just don't stop. I just continue to throw the darts. Yes, which does explain our friend Whole-Faced Harry, <laughs> who... Uh... I often wonder where that came from. Um, Sir Herbert Cheese says... <laughs> People who watch their YouTube videos at full tilt on their smartphones while I'm going about my daily business. You do still get that, despite the fact that programmes and productions like this constantly talk about people doing stuff with the volume up on their phones. Mm. Uh, it does seem to cut no ice at all with a certain contingent of our population who seem hell-bent on not understanding what either a pair of headphones are or a volume button. Absolutely true. And I can only think there are some people... You look at some people and you think... You don't look like an idiot. I mean, clearly there are the buffoon fraternity who you look at and think, yeah, you look like the kind of arse that wouldn't give a toss about your fellow passengers. And once in a while you turn around and there's either somebody talking loud on their phone or uh, watching Breaking Bad at full volume or looking at YouTube videos of kittens eating their own anuses or whatever <laughs> it is they do. And you know, there'll be a businessman sitting there and you think, are you, are you completely self-unaware? And I think that's it. I think there are some people... The whole thing of there are people who are intelligent but have no common sense, I think it falls in that category. I saw a guy on the phone recently who was so loud, I think there was a point where people thought he was the announcer on the train. And it turned out it was a fella on the phone. and He was nicely dressed and nicely spoken. And I just concluded, I thought, you don't actually realise you're doing that. No. And I would imagine he'd be somebody who would write in and go, I hate people who speak loudly on their phones. No idea that he was doing it himself. The tosser. Uh, Lord Marcher says, "People who say, we've had this before, people who say, can I get a coffee rather than can I have a coffee? It's an easy trap to fall into, though. I've fallen into it. Because you just sta you're standing at a bar and you say, and the person next to you says that, and you don't want to say, please, may I have, because, you know, yeah. then someone will kick the shit out of you. Please, may I have does sound like you're six. It does, but it's, it's still good manners. It's nice. It's nice. James Brett says, the bog roll on the holder being the wrong way round, i.e. when it hangs near the wall. Does that bother you? Uh, Ideally, it's not... It's, it's irrational. Not it's irrational. It's meant to be irrational. Yeah. It's, not, it's not good practice. Uh, what's the thing about girls who leave the toilet seat down? See what I've done there? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, Very clever. Reverse the grind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do... I, I am slightly perturbed why they gain the monopoly on rightness in, well, blokes leave the toilet seat up, as if it's always meant to be down. Well, you must be... I mean, you know, you, you, you've got a lady living in your house. I have indeed. Um, I don't know who she is. But, um, I mean, you, you must... Out of courtesy, you must sort of, you know, uh, adjust the, uh, the level. Yes, of the but seat. I don't understand why it's such a big bloody deal. We actually had a, a sort of a minor argument on holiday about this. It wasn't even our own fucking <laughs> toilet. This was in a hotel. And she came out. We were just about to go to bed. And she went, you've left the loose seat up. 
And I said, does it matter? It's like 12 o'clock. We're pissed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> go to sleep, wake up to 40 degrees and do it all again. Yeah. She said, well, of course it matters. I said, well, it doesn't matter. And on and on it went. And it became, it's that circular thing. I don't know why it matters that much, but apparently it does. This one comes from Dana, who says, parents that stand gormless while their kids damage your property and say, the man will tell you off. Yes. You're the parents. <laughs> there is a contingent of people who seem incapable of ever telling their kid off. Mm. And it might be making a noise. It might be making a mess. It might be running around all over the place in a public place who seem to have adapted. And I, whether this is some kind of weird 21st century new way of parenting, the belief that it's best not to say anything. Where did that come from? Laziness. Like, the, let's give autonomy to the kid. Let him decide. You know, you have to iron rod and all that. We went to... Have you heard of forest play schools? No. So these are kind of outdoor play schools. Okay. Right. And uh, the idea is, it's, you know, in a forest, really, and they have little kind of wigwam things going on if it rains. And it's an out, you know, it's outdoor pursuits for littlers. And so they did this open day, and we went along to this the other day. Um, now, he's way too young, little Sandy, obviously. He's, yeah. he's got a couple of years before he starts any of that luck. We thought, go along out of interest. And... So this woman said, um, we sat around in a circle, uh, she, and I thought it was a bit culty, uh, but she, so she, everybody introduced herself, including their kids and stuff, and then she said, and you know, what we did, essentially, she said, we're very much into letting the children lead the way, and we have, um, you know, there's leaves, and there's games, and there's um, rocks, and they can climb little mini trees, so that they're not big enough to fall out of, and... On and on it went. They discover the forest. They enjoy themselves. They climb. They get in the mud. They, and I kind of got all of that. And she said, and over there is the pooing bush. And, over, oh. and we were like, she goes, yes, that's where they have their number twos. Right. So after this, she said, any questions? And one of the other mums who was with us said, yeah, I've got a question about your bush. <laughs> she said, you mentioned, she went, oh yes, it's exclusively for number twos. Number ones is the weeing tree. And that's over there. And so the parents said, well, is that, a, is that not a bad habit to get kids into? And the woman said, not really. She said, my daughter wees in our garden all the time. <gasps> and that was a kind of classic example, really, of, you know, give the kid their own autonomy. Let them decide. That was a kid's TV show, though, wasn't it? The pooing, weeing tree? <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Every time. Caused a riot stink, didn't it? it did. Oh, dear. Get rid of that. Um, if you have... And, oh, by the way, and Tony says, quiz nights. The person, the guy at the quiz night who takes it too seriously. There's yeah. always somebody who takes it way too seriously. Yeah, what's your point? Nothing. Uh, if you have any random acts of irrational annoyance, send them through to us. Ian at onceaword.com. Kev at onceaword.com. Oh, and we also have this. So Mitsubishi Motors in the UK is celebrating 40 years in the UK. And here's something else to celebrate. The fab Mitsubishi L200 is now available with £2,000 off across the range. It's truly the ultimate pickup featuring super select four-wheel drive, meaning you can drive in two- or four-wheel drive on any terrain with great finance options also available. Visit your local dealer this weekend and experience the Mitsubishi L200, the ultimate workmate. And he's back, everybody to much trumpeting and applause, as you heard. <laughs> it's Sideshow Kev. <clears throat> oh. 
in which I present the greatest names in American sport. Oh, OK. Here, presented to you without additional comment. So what does that mean, I don't say anything? No, no. You can say what you want, but I'm not going to provide any additional commentary on these real names of American sportsmen. OK. Curry Burns. Dick Buttcuss. Your Highness Morgan. David John Booty. Bear Hooker. <laughs> These aren't real. Ben Gay. <laughs> Dick Flowers. Stop it. Debrickashow of Ferguson. <laughs> Barcavius Mingo. Not a chance. Crap Honzo Thorpe. <laughs> and finally, Madison Bumgarner. That's not a real one. Yes, it is. All of them? All of them are actual, respected American sportsmen. What was the second one? Dick Buttcuss. That's not real. How can you possibly play in a high-profile sport with that name? What would they be chanting from the stadium? You'd have to imagine the crowd would be split. Be split for Dick. Back on that. See, that's about the gradient of this program, isn't it? <laughs> Andre, can you press that big button? No, not that. Not that one. That one. Credit stream. And there it goes. It bit the dust like a good one. But, of course, we are back next week. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do want to help support this podcast, get over to iTunes. Remember, this is important. You rate it, you review it, but importantly, on the app, you subscribe to it. That way, it pops into your little box automatically every single time a new episode comes out. If you're an Android user, you can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Follow us on Twitter, which is at once a word. The intro feature of Sponsor Music is by Kevin McLeod. His website is incompetech.com and our catering, as ever, was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack, who this week ran out of coffee but did have some tasty Horlicks. Oh, yeah. And we'll be back in what will only seem like days with the next episode. It could be Will Gnu, it could be LaDonna Harvey. Who knows who might pitch up round these parts. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. <laughs> Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the class-leading Mitsubishi Mirage. Get your top-spec Mirage 3 for just £99 a month. Find out more at mitsubishi-cars.co.uk.